There we go. Three, two, one. Action. Action. Yes, well, welcome to the Randall Report uh, with my partner in crime, of course, the inimitable uh, Melvin Meek-Brudas. Hi, Simon. Uh, how are you doing today? Not too bad. Jolly good, jolly good. So uh, welcome to our first saute into the, uh, the affray, as it were, of the uh, mercurial world that we live in, where we'll endeavour to engage, entertain and inform uh, the viewers and listeners, listeners on a myriad of uh, topics. Uh, everything from politics to entertainment, you know, food, travel, and a whole lot more. And uh, uh, as it's our first foray, we, we apologise in advance for any technical glitches. I'm sure there'll be plenty of things that'll uh, bite us in the proverbial bum. Um, but uh, we'll be learning as we go, and hopefully we'll hone something that uh, will be interesting and uh, we can be proud of and you'll want to be a part of. So that's the aim, isn't it? Let's wait and see how we go away. Yeah, well, there's always that, isn't there? Anyway, naturally, we, we'd love to hear from you. So there's going to be a number of ways we, we, when we've, when, once we've figured it out, how to get in touch, um, including uh, probably Instagram and twi Twitter. Uh, we've counted TikTok out. Uh, because, uh, yeah, we're a bit too old. Yeah, and you're 20 years younger than me, I have. Says it yeah. Yes. Isn't there a sort of geriatric version of TikTok? Maybe. Yeah, Twitter. Twitter. Oh, yeah. Facebook. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll repeat these uh, as and when we've got it all sorted out, of course. Now, it's probably a little surprise in respect to the subject for our first uh, foray, as it were, as there's nothing that gets the heckles up like a bit of political discourse. It's been relentlessly covered in the news of late, and that, of course, is uh, Partygate, uh, which seems to have relegated Wallpapergate Another yet unresolved matter of uh, possible impropriety. Uh, all, of course, pertaining to our Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. Um, so, um, yes, those parties or non-parties, the work events uh, with booze and bain-maries and what have you, and suitcases full of wine and music playing and, and uh, the spinning of decks while the rest of us have been uh, spun a lot of... Uh, Yarns. Um, what what tickles me? You know, I can't work out in a, a place that where number ten Downing Street is policed more heavily than any other street in Britain. They somehow didn't know there was any parties going on. Well, I also suppose they still want a job. So uh, if a few cases yeah, of wine end up going down Downing Street, I don't think they'll, they'll look too closely at it yes. in the end. So. Um, anyway, against the backdrop of a pandemic that has claimed more than 150,000 lives, uh, the British public, of course, have endured uh, more than two years of near isolation from normal living, sometimes unable to visit sick or dying relatives to pay their respects in death as one would normally wish to. Including the Queen. Well, there's a point, isn't it? Uh, yeah, although uh, one could be forgiven for thinking he died a few years earlier. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, that might not make the edit. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, it, yeah, people haven't been able to, to study normally at school or to socialise with their work colleagues. Uh, or, or celebrate special occasions with um, either their workmates or, or their their friends by throwing a party to and dancing the night away. Except, of course, for a privileged few, it seems. Um, those same people who apparently made the rules 
and imposed the rules, of course, were it seems the same ones who broke the rules and took us all for fools. Not just once, but it appears rather habitually. Um, when caught out and quizzed, Boris Johnson stood up in Parliament a few weeks ago saying he thought there were no parties and that uh, at those parties that never took place, no rules were broken. That was his uh, first um, attempt at honesty. <laughs> yes, but yeah, so it's sort of gone downhill a little bit yeah. since then. It's case <laughs> he hasn't improved the uh, his excuses, has he? Um, now um, his denials. Well, I mean, I don't know what to make of this, but denial, of course, old adage is not just the river that runs through Egypt; it also runs through Downing Street. And this is typical Simon Jack. Yes, it is. Yeah. In another life, I'd have been Ronnie Corbett sitting in that chair in the 1980s. It's a pay too many greens. That's way, way too, got tall too tall. To got a bit too tall. Um, no one's going to understand that. Do you really? So, eh? I was going to know. Who does Ronnie does anybody know who Ronnie Corbett is? Is he, is he? No, perhaps not. Famous in the 80s. Famous in the 80s. Yes. Uh, infamous. Obviously, because it's he's obviously. Uh, Questionable as it's very PC these days. Well, oh, okay. oh, the two Ronnies, oh, you know, all their Ronnie's. sort of chocolatey mouse and uh, you know some of their. They... Yeah, but in the eighties it was funny. It was funny in the eighties. Today you can't get yeah. away with it. No, back no. then it was hilarious. It was, to be fair. Anyway, um, is Boris Johnson drowning in denial? Or should he uh, be proverbially drowned in denial, is the question. And it's today's question is, should he stay should or he should go? he go? Now, um, uh, I was going to read a bit of a letter, but I'll read just one paragraph of, uh, of a letter that uh, was sent to, to Sir Graham Brady. Not by an MP, you understand. This has been from an ordinary uh, citizen. And uh, the, the, in writing the letter, they're saying that the recent actions of the current Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, through the scandals of illicit parties and accusations of impropriety surrounding the refurbishment of his Downing Street apartment and, uh, of course, um, a number of uh, illicit parties, um, are compromising the institution of our democracy and that his actions fall well below the acceptable standards we should expect of a prime minister or any other elected representative. Um, I mean, I'll start by, by asking you, really, what do you make of that? What do you reckon? Do you think he's um, fell well below the uh, bar? <laughs> Which is rather a pun, isn't it? Fell well below the bar. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, it's, it's yeah, a question of procedural impropriety, isn't it, really? It goes against, number one, the policies that have been put forward during COVID and lockdowns. So, you know, it can't be one rule for us and then one rule for the rest of them, uh, as appears to be the case. Yeah. Um, well, I, well, what we discussed there is obviously I think that the, um, the bigger issue is the payments that went towards the apartment. Because obviously it's a question of whether it's taxpayer funded. Oh, yes. Really, it really shouldn't have been the case because obviously it's private residence. It had only been refurbished no more than eight or nine years prior anyway. Well, Theresa May had it refurbished, didn't she, in 2017? Although I've seen the decor, so... 
Well, I can kind of understand why, by and by. But then do you change it on yeah, every changing of the guard? So for every prime minister that enters, does he then get an unlimited budget to then go and sort of refurbish well, the property as he sees fit? This is true, given, uh, given, uh, given that seems, there's been a few Conservative prime ministers in the, it seems in the last 10 years. It seems wasteful. But beyond, beyond that side, let's have a look at sort of party gate. It's insensitive at best. I think that's the problem. Whether it's enough for someone to get the sack is another matter altogether. Yeah, but it's kind of been lying to Parliament now, isn't it, about it? Give yeah, it's party. If it, if, it was a, if it was a legal matter, I can understand how it'd be more of an issue. Like lying to sort of start a war in Iraq, for example, that might, that might be considered a little bit more serious than lying about attending a party. Both aren't good, yeah. but, you know, they're sort of... The, well, the, on the on balance of things, should he have lied? No. Did he clearly lie? Yes. He tried to cover it all up. Didn't work. It blew up in his face. You know, fair enough. So he the made, lies are wor the wor worse than the, the action, really, aren't they? The lies worse than the action. So... But the, you know, the one time we actually agree on something, I agree with that. The lie is worse because it is a resignation of, uh, offense if you mislead Parliament and, and, and clearly misled Parliament, surely, because he, t he said uh, a few weeks ago that there were no parties. But it's still a party. Let's, ta let's take things, you know, more holistically. If it was a lie about something more serious, I can understand it, but it's essentially still one or many parties. It's hardly a big deal, but the fact that he lied to Parliament, he lied to media, the fact that there was a party that was held a day before uh, Prince Philip's funeral oh, yeah. just optically looks horrible. You know, he made his teary apology to the Queen. I'm sure the Queen gave him, you know, two barrels worth. You know, and she probably doesn't want him around too much longer either. So I think at this point, they're just looking for a reason to get rid of them. And I think for most of us, we'd probably be quite happy to see him move on and for someone else to take the reins. Yeah, well... Mm, Regardless uh, of who uh, that is. Yes. <clears throat> Go. Oh, God. No. Or Sinek, as they seem to be the two <laughs> obvious choices now. Because they're the only two that haven't been openly... You know, for, well, for Boris. Well, Richie sort of did, did spend two minutes answering questions. Yeah, and then he ran off, the didn't he? That's uh, the problem. Yes, he ran off at the point, funnily enough, where uh, where the, the journalist asked him, uh, did he support Boris? Yeah, that's uh, when he legged it. And, and he legged it. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Um, so... Um, uh, so obviously, yeah, it's kind of you don't think it's necessarily a cause for his resignation, or do you? I mean, really, do you think he's gone on a bit too far? That the the the, the sort of excuses of the party oh. element, no, the lying aspect, yes. Mm. I think it's enough to damage the party, yeah, and to damage his reputation enough. Yeah. That okay, he shouldn't be sacked. He should just walk away. So the party, it will be better for him. And for the party, and for all of us, the government, the, the party, public, meaning the Tory party, not Tory the party, party with the, the cheese and wine. No, no. So the, the Tory party, government, public opinion. Yes, darling. It, it would make, it would look better for him to say, I made a mistake. I understand it didn't look good. 
optically looks terrible. I'm walking off and I let someone else take the race. You see, he should have done if he'd have done that. He should have done that. Right. If he would have done that, it would have been okay. You made a mistake. You held your hands up. Mm. Thank you very much. Off you go. You know, you can still, you can still, you know, as an MP, have a role. But you just won't hold the top stop the the top spot anymore, which I think is fair enough. But the question is, is his ego uh, too yeah. too too large uh, to yeah. be able to take that step down and then move into a secondary role? Uh, and to I be reckon. honest, to be honest, he'd still probably have a cabinet position. But is that enough? Do you think? Do you I think, think so? Do you think uh, if Rishi Sunak took over, he'd given him a cabinet post? I think so. Probably, or if not. Or if not immediately, put him in charge of the cocktail governor. Yeah. Or if not immediately, <laughs> within within a year or so, they'd find a way to bring him back into the fold oh, in a more God. significant way. Then we'd have the prospect, a bit like Trump, of him trying to become leader again. Foreign secretary or something like that. Foreign, I don't know. Hang on a minute. <laughs> hang on a minute. Wasn't he wasn't he wasn't he foreign secretary once before and got dumped? Yeah, but everyone he deserves got a, sacked, didn't everyone they? deserves a second chance. I think that's, well, that's, that's what I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not so sure about whether he deserves the second. He's had a few chances with he, this one. He absolutely really. Does. You know. Um, so, uh, yeah. Have we answered all the questions already? No, we haven't. We haven't even got close to, <laughs> to, to it. I'm just thinking where we, we, we should go next because, of course, this week, and in order to try and save his, uh, you know, his political backside, I mean, and and let's remember, of course, he's had a bit of um, a catalogue of clangers. There's been the uh, party gate, Pepper Pig gate, where where he kind of, uh, 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 I don't know what that little ping was. Um, <laughs> there was Pepper Pig gate. Um, uh, and uh, where he sort of lost his way, uh, giving some speech, I think, to the CBI. Uh, and now this week, in, uh, in order to try and save his, his, his uh, political bacon, uh, that's a good one, trying to save it from the big moment, <laughs> um, there's been uh, his two policy initiatives, you know, Operation um, the code name's Operation Red Meat and Operation Save Big Dog. Um, do you know? Do you not find them? Uh, I mean, I've, for me, I find the actual code names in themselves a bit, yeah. bit uh, grubby um, and and a bit cynical. Um, do you think it's a bit sort of um, a bit obvious uh, the, the the kind of stuff? And do you think some of the policy initiatives? You know, a bit, um, for instance, the ending of the BBC licences as they've tried to intimate, it's going to happen in a few years, and uh, sending the Navy out into the, the, into the channel um, to, to uh, um, you know, kind of push the migrant boats back the other way, yeah. which, of course, is... Using sonic weapons, apparently, which is the latest technology that they plan on using. It's directed... Um, what are they called? Directed energy systems well what does that do then so they have essentially this technology whereby you can direct sound waves or microwaves even at a particular point and if you direct it let's say at a at a dinghy for example that's trying to cross the channel yeah 
and essentially create such a jarring noise that people will just essentially try to exit from that particular wave pattern. And it's, I mean, it's enough to be so uncomfortable that you basically try to move out of the path of this sonic uh, wave. I would have thought that they've had the same effect playing a few Ed Sheeran records over at Tunnel. No, that's Guantanamo. Oh, right. <laughs> so this is what they're talking about. Yeah. Using some kind of... Non-lethal, non-lethal, non directed, yeah. Directed, basically. yeah. That would make... Uh, all of this would make people who have travelled already sort of five or 6,000 miles to get to the uh, French bit of the English Channel suddenly, having got halfway across to Dover, change their mind and go all the way back again. Yeah, I don't think you have much of a choice. When, when you're actually, that bad? Yeah, when you're affected by these waves, yeah, that's oh, it. Oh, my Lord. Um, I mean, sometimes they do it to frequencies that are enough to make you feel sick. You know, these, these things are... Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay, so... See, uh, serious enough. Using, yeah, using, techno the using technology, yeah. I suppose, yeah. And they just sort of shot them out of the water. No, <laughs> stick a pin in there. They they uh, blow up boats and then see them fart their way back at high speed back to Calais. The, the real question is: is who's providing these boats in the first place? Well, on yeah. a complete on a complete. Is that place. illegal though? I mean, you know, if somebody wants to pay you to 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 get in a uh, you know, and it's a lot uh, of pay money. to get in a, in a boat that somebody's hiring, uh, obviously there's health and safety issue. You know, fifty in a boat that's suitable for ten. Is that actually illegal in itself? Is that why these so-called gangs they can't really prosecute? Because well, are they technically? Is it, I don't know. I mean, the, is it illegal? The, the police in France yeah. aren't doing anything about it. So for the 10 boats that go out, they might stop one. But their view is they need to maintain the safety of the, of the immigrants that are trying to cross over. Yeah. So they're more than happy to have them get on a boat, head out to sea, because in their view, you know, the UK Coast Guard, the UK Navy will then pick them up and bring them oh, in. Okay. My, but my point, my point is this: each, each, each one of these poor people are paying upwards of ten thousand yes, euros, ten thousand yeah. pounds a time to get onto these boats to travel across. Where do they get that money from? That's a good point. I mean, per person, it's an awful lot of money. It, it, yeah, these traffickers are making millions out of yeah, this. Yeah. But yeah, very few prosecutions. When are we going to open our business? <laughs> that will also get cut out. <laughs> so that's the wrong one for the edit. Uh, oh, of course, they're coming a different way. But could, we could do a swap. We'll mm -hmm. take 10 migrants. You can have Boris Johnson. <laughs> I don't think that works. I'm pretty Patel. <laughs> ah, that's a fair swap for, for 100 migrants, I would have thought. But they wouldn't, wouldn't take them, would they? No, no. They'd turn them straight back. I know it was the other way, but it was on the other foot. I would. Um, so do you, you, you think, obviously, that... Um, that's not going to work, you know. This is these. You what know, well, well, so do you think the initiatives are? Do you think they're going to work? Going back to to, to borrow these things of 
you know, turning the migrants back and uh, the BBC, and then this thing of, of of the red meat, which I assume is to do with the MPs and the levelling up. And what do you make, of course, with, I think, 350 people died yesterday from uh, COVID within 28 days of getting a positive result in the hospitals. Um, do you think sort of getting rid of all of the restrictions is a wise plan? Why now? Do you think that's not a bit sort of dog whistle politics? Yeah, I think the, ti- the timing is clear. You know, Boris is having a hard time. They need to divert away from this particular subject. Therefore, you know, let's reduce restrictions. Not only because obviously it's a distraction technique, but cases seem to be falling, you know, 10% odds every few days. You know, so I mean, there's this big push to get people back and get people back into the office. Most people, at least from, from my understanding, don't want to go back to the office because they've experienced working from home. They understand, you know, the cost savings involved in doing so. Now, obviously, we're looking at inflation rates skyrocketing. Yeah. Are we talking four and a half, five percent? Five point four percent, I think. It, it, highest in 30 years. Exactly. Highest since the highest in 30 years. Yeah. So, so we're being there. So the general public are being squeezed. It every possible term are we now saying you know get on an inefficient expensive public transport system go back to work why why would you put your employees through that when it's completely unnecessary so many people by the way just to end just to end on this point so many major companies are already operating a hybrid model because they know that it's better for their staff yeah you know it tends to be more or less better for productivity as well you know you have you offer people flexibility which is vitally important particularly in this world so surely then we should be by by, by that token then instead of coming up with uh, operation safe big dog and operation red meat and all these kind of uh, weird uh, code names wouldn't it be better for them to to address the issues of the huge uh, hikes in energy prices that Absolutely. are about to, to floor everybody? Um, not least those people working from home, of course, who've got to have the heating on while they're sitting at the desk. I mean, there is a, you know, they're not paying for the bus fare and the train fare into the offices in the, the city centres, but then they've got to keep the heat on at home while they're while they're working from their desk. So it's a bit of a this is a trade off. Double edged sword, isn't it? This is a trade off. Is it the trade off is between the the well being of your citizens versus injecting you know revenue back into the economy, as in getting money back into TFL, you know mm-hmm. through fares. Yes, train, tube, buses, they're losing a packet at the moment. They're losing a fortune yeah. for that. Um, local shops and services close to commercial centres, which are losing out because obviously if more people are working from home, fewer people are going into town, fewer people are buying lunches, shopping, buying clothes and services in, in you know, direct areas close to commercial centres, City of London, West End, uh, Canary Wharf. Because these places are half dead, uh, dead zones now. People aren't yes. going there anymore. Yeah, well, of course, they haven't suffered uh, enough. Uh, my issue is, why are we forcing the subject? 
if this is a sort of a new reality where we are all living more locally and sort of living and working within our own sort of little communities now, why then force us to go back into a world that we don't particularly feel comfortable in? Yes, I think the, uh, the pandemic's kind of uh, changed uh, the people's thinking, hasn't it, a lot? I don't th yeah, things aren't going to go back to what we consider oh, normal anymore. No, I don't no, think that's I agree the case. With you. I agree with you there. I think uh, that, that's game over. Um, with all of this kind of, uh, you know, these attempts at distracting us from Partygate, um, and, and to be fair, Partygate's kind of distracted everybody from, from I think, what is probably the deeper issue of Wallpapergate, the issue of the, the flat redecoration. Misappropriation of um, exactly. What do you make of kind of this, the, this whole mantra that's been, uh, that Boris and uh, his cabinet have been sort of, um using this last week about waiting for this inquiry by by this inquiry it isn't a quiet inquiry because let's face it it is it's, an internal, it's a fact-finding mission so uh but by by sue gray i mean uh, it's not going to be an independent kind of inquiry with the suggestion of what should happen as a consequence yeah. it's just going to to in fact uh, my understanding of it um, is that uh, the supply of emails, texts, and other pertinent information is not something that um, uh, um, the individuals, unless they wish to, uh, are forced to to hand over. So, um, uh, does it have any teeth? And 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 the idea of waiting for that report. Uh, from a civil servant that's employed by uh, the government, yeah. um, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, he then has to decide, the Prime Minister decides what action is to be taken. Um, so how can he tell himself off? Well, the question is whether What's there's that? any criminality. If there's no evident criminality, then there's no point in having you know, this inquiry, or an inquiry that, like you said, has any teeth. That's the point. This is, as you said, it's a fact-finding mission. But it's to see whether kind of built it as an inquiry, though, haven't they, really? Like, it, you know, it's going to have teeth, and out of it there's going to be some kind of real, you know, real answers when there's, there's going to be bugger all, isn't it? Okay, fine. So what are the real answers and then what are the consequences? Well, we know there was part of I don't think we need, a, the, we, we need the fact-finding mission to tell us that there were parties. And we don't need to, 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 to work out that, that Boris Johnson was at some of those parties because we know he's admitted he was. He okay. just didn't know they were outside the rules. And he didn't, apparently, for the one on the 20th of May, for a good 20, 25 minutes, know that it was a party. But okay, fine. But then what? You know. What, what's the consequence of this thing? Well, surely it's just a fudge. Yeah, but this is my point. So you do the inquiry. He's already admitted that he was at some of these events. And now what? He gets what, to tell what, himself the, off. Yeah, but what's the consequence? Well, that's what, my what, point. What, what would you like to be the consequence? Well, I, I, frankly, I, I don't think. Well, I think we've heard enough. Do we strip him naked and you know? Oh, that's an ugly thought. Strip him naked and walk him down the street, you know, and shout shame, no. or do we just let him get on with it? Uh, uh, I feel sorry for anybody who has to see him with his clothes off. <laughs> Personally. <laughs>
I mean, ultimately, it's not a lock. ultimately, <laughs> like I like, like said before, I think it's the line that's worse. Exactly. I mean, he, he, but I think we, we've, you know, we've heard enough from for the denials he made. Actually, at the dispatch box in the, box in the Houses of Parliament, um, without uh, Sue Gray's input, to 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 say enough is enough. I mean, uh, David Davis said it didn't he, this week when he said, "For God's sake, go." I mean, I does not yeah. say at all when it comes from a Tory grandee that. that uh, you know, whether you love him or hate him, David Davis is, you know, he's a, uh, in fact, he was a supporter of Boris's yeah. through Brexit. It was, I think he was the Brexit minister. Um, so for him to say, for God's sake, go, it's a bit damning, isn't it? Isn't, it? isn't it a bit time up? Uh, the party's over, the party that never happened. <laughs> but the problem is it's a few overt comments and too many others that remain silent. This is the issue, is if it was a much larger majority of MPs that openly wanted, well, wanted never, his head. Obviously, you know, they were trying to do both. Yes, there's never open because you send your letters to, 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 to Graham and Braden. And nothing happened. Uh, and well, it has to reach a certain number. I think it's 54. Yeah, and they haven't instance. got anywhere near it. And uh, it fizzled out yeah, to nothing. Yeah, but of course, you've had these. There's this now accusations uh, from the statement read by William Rag yesterday uh, of um, intimidation and bullying and, and possible blackmail. Even, I mean, isn't isn't this uh, now creating another unsubstantiated? Well, there's obviously there's been one person that's already come forward on this, and that's the person that, that crossed the floor of the house on Wednesday. Um, and, and there's actually said that that was one of the reasons he crossed the floor of the house in the end, because he was being essentially blackmailed for his vote uh, in terms of uh, the business of the vote of no confidence you also have to for a secondary school in, in his constituents. You also have to assume if he jumps ship that he has ulterior motives for saying what he has. You know, let's let's be clear. Let's be clear. If he's willing to change parties, yeah, you know, then you have to also assume that there's things being done behind the scenes, you know, whereby he needs to be seen to either be seen as as victimized or there were some other negative connotations behind his move that justified him moving to the Labour Party. So I wouldn't take what he, he says. he didn't get an invite to the parties. He maybe he didn't get, yeah. Maybe he wasn't invited to the parties. And he was like, you know what? Forget this, I'm off. I think well, the burning question I have is did they have one of those foil hedgehogs with the cocktail sticks and the pineapple and cheddar cheese? Yeah, but Simon, you're stuck <laughs> in the 80s. No one knows what that is. So let's just move well, on. In the 90s, 1970s, actually. 1970s. Yeah, you know, most of our were, listeners might not even have been born. If you were born in the, if you were around in the 1970s, and you'd have gone out for dinner, you'd have, if I can tell you, you'd have had prawn cocktail for starters, steak, chips, peas, and maybe a fried half a fried tomato on the side for main course, and black forest gatto for dessert. I remember those days in the 70s. It's so kind is, of standard. Is there, is there a point to this? There's no point at all. 
Just, just no fucking point to talk to be honest. <laughs> but I just uh I just thought what kind of things were at those but I mean Ban Marines. I mean uh, uh very few parties I've been to they've had a Ban Marie. I, I don't know what I've necessarily been missing. Uh, I don't know what was in the Ban Marie. Yeah, what was in it? <laughs> I think that's the bigger question. So um yeah, um uh, so we know that that um, Boris went into the garden on the twentieth to the party that he thought was a work event, and uh, and he didn't know it was a party, even though he stayed for about 20, 25 minutes. And then in hindsight, in hindsight, he said, uh, I think that was probably last week. In hindsight, he said he wished them all. He'd sort of gone, oh no, you've all got to go home. You've all got to come in. That's it. Oh. You know, this is not good. Uh, and then this week it was, he didn't know the rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, which I find a bit implausible uh, since he made the rules in the first place. Um, don't you think all of this makes him look like a, such a complete wally that, that um, you wouldn't really want to trust him with running the country. Um, in fact, you, you'd be a bit uh, concerned if he was running the school tuck shop. I agree. I'm not going to disagree with that. I think it looks incredibly shallow, to be honest, you know, to, to backtrack on what is so blatantly clear to most of us. You know, you're sort of digging yourself into an ever deepening hole and it doesn't seem to make any sense you may as well just from the start you know admit your errors and then move on mm. this wouldn't have been in the papers for a week it's true mm. right or if, if this wasn't exactly. just you know accepted apologized for it's kind of boris though isn't it because he's never yeah. apologized you know, he, he called he called uh, gay men bum boys in tank tops all that time ago uh, in an article, and and uh, black people uh, as having uh, as being pickaninnies with watermelon smiles, and still refused to directly apologise for the language that he'd used, and and has consistently refused to apologise, um, and and obviously there's. Uh, it's an extreme. It's an extreme insensitivity. It is also, at least in my belief, somewhat cultural, based on sort of his upbringing, his education, you know, the circles that he may sort of socialise within. That some of these terms might be acceptable within those circles, but to the rest of us, no. No, it's not mine. But yeah. it's an insensitivity. It's it's a level of ignorance. So, you would make, yeah. I mean, it's for me, it's downright homophobic and racist. Person, that's, that's, that's the that's, way I say that's, it. That's the other, um, that's the other side of the. Country. No, I think it's just a bit. It, it's. But I'm also more one for giving people a little bit of leeway. It's like I can I can yeah. understand from him and his upbringing why those terms might come to pass. Whether I think it was done with prejudice and racism in mind, I'm not so sure. But it's still highly 
insensitive. I mean, you think he was just being a bit of a dick without realising the consequence of his... But, you know... I don't know. And we won't know. You know, we'd have to, we'd have to speak to him one-on-one to understand, but, his, but, but to understand his tone. We don't surely know. Surely wouldn't he have been better off apologising for him and, 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 and saying, look, you know, it was inappropriate and that he shouldn't have done, done that. Um, well, but he hasn't... It seems to me he has an inability... To to it's to, not, to eat a bit of humble pie, I mean, even in his personal life, uh, he seems to have a great difficulty. Um, <laughs> he's got great difficulty adding up the number of children he's got. Um, but that's a whole other, a whole other story. Anyway, um, well, it's uh, there. We have it. Brexit, Boris. The man who wrote two letters, one expounding the virtues of leaving the EU, one expounding the virtues of staying. So more shilly-shallying. Before placing his bet on which one he would would serve him best, rather than being guided by the virtues of the issues at hand. And I think that kind of sums up uh, his approach to the whole issue of Partygate, Wallpapergate. It seems to be all about him and nobody else. Um, which I think is really probably the problem. Um, and then, of course, his first attempt at the leadership of the party, which was, of course, unsuccessful, um, because Michael Gove, amongst others, said uh, described him as, as not being up to the job. Um, and funnily enough, obviously, Michael Gove is a bit absent at the moment. I haven't seen either air of him this last week. I think we said this before, yes. right? Between him and Cena. I, I, know, I know Liz Trusses. Fancying a pop uh, at, uh, she's in Australia at the moment, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that wish she'd stay there. Yeah, I don't story. think anyone else is willing to give her a pop. I think that's the issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's and, uh, but, you know, Boris did wind up with an 80 seat majority at the last election. I mean, that's got to be, I suppose, uh, um, worth, worth something. Um, how quickly we, the fortunes turn, eh? Can we be very clear with this 80-seat majority very quickly? Yeah. If it wasn't for the Brexit... While you're doing that, I'm going to have one of these... Uh, would you want to... I don't want... I, don't want to I do think they would have been better with the creme patting. Yeah, go on. Um, I don't know what I was going to say now. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, well, I'd mentioned that... Uh, the eight-seat majority. Yes. That if it wasn't for the Brexit issue, he probably wouldn't have had those numbers. So let's be clear. There was a major impasse. It was the defining moment of our history. You know, things were sort of stuck in a quagmire. I think it was. I think Brexit was called a quagmire at the time because we couldn't find an impasse. We couldn't find a way to sort of move on. Yeah. You know, May left... Boris came in, there was a change of guard, and we managed to push things through. Whether we can agree or disagree to how things have moved on beyond that is another story altogether. Yep. But at least it put us out of a difficult moment. And just for that, we should at least thank him for that. You well, know, depends on your point of view. I'd sooner have, that's a party I shouldn't have sooner would have stayed up um, being in the EU. Uh, That's not what the majority um, of the British public felt. No, you know, you have to. We have to live with the result Um, of democracy. Yes. Yeah. Um, It's a pity, of course, because um, a lot of the uh, 
things that they they claimed would happen um, didn't happen, like the faulty trade deals that were ready and waiting, uh, which seemed to have slipped mysteriously through their fingers. Yeah, but also, yeah. yeah, you say that they were also not living through sort of the Mad Max scene either. We're not sort of chopping people's heads off for toilet roll yet, you know. So for now. We're okay. Things could have gone much, much worse, and they haven't for now. So let's be happy that we're still yeah. in our warm, warm homes, eating choquette and mm. podcasts. Although I said that, I do need to go to the supermarket near enough every day because uh, two days out of every three, our supermarket hasn't got any toilet roll. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was two and a half weeks. There was no sunflower oil. Must be a particular issue of this part of London. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, in case you're wondering, we're in the east. <laughs> the poor bit of the hood. Um, so with this, all this barrage of Boris controversy, from parties to fridges and flat refurbishments to... Uh, mates that are pole dancers. Um, uh, is this one pole that's too slippery even for Boris to cling on to? And, uh, Tune as, in next week to find out. Has Boris, yes, yes, has bouncing Boris's balls finally dropped uh, once too often? Uh, when they've not only lost their bounce, but uh, dangling perilously low, perhaps lower than even mine. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out. And if he does happen to survive, of course, as Prime Minister, then it's going to all fall to you to vote him out before, you know, to stop him having another term. Uh, and, and that's only you, the great British public, that might end up being the ones to cogitate and consider whether he's worthless or worthy of another term indeed. So, um, yeah, might be having to wait until to put that cross in, in, in the right box. And uh, But anyway, until next time, from Mel and I, be kind to yourselves and to each other. <laughs>